We are so excited that you have joined us for this week's message from Dwelling Place Church. If you'd like to know more about Dwelling Place Church, visit us online at www.dwellingplacenc.com. For now, here's Pastor Tommy. I just want to read from John chapter 4, verses 4 through 30. Jesus has an encounter with a woman at the well. At the well of Jacob, to be exact, last week I spoke about Jacob wrestling with God. It's that same Jacob. And verse 4 begins that Jesus needed to go through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which is noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God, And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands And the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. And at this point, his disciples came, and they marveled that he talked with a woman. Yet no one said, What do you seek? Or, Why are you talking with her? The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. The woman then left her water pot and went her way to the city. How many times do we begin a day just like this woman did, and we, we begin with, with our regular routine. For the instance of this woman, it was a water pot. This is probably not anything like the bucket that she had, but this is the bucket I want to use to, that symbolizes what we carry with us each day. 
This woman, she, she wakes up in the morning and she begins her, her regular routine, but of course her routine was a little bit different than the other women of the city. All the other women of the city, they'd get up around six, seven o'clock while it was getting cool, and then they would go to the well to, to draw water, and they wouldn't have to endure the heat of the sun at midday. But this woman was living with a situation. She had had five husbands, and the one she was with wasn't her husband. And so to go around and, and not have to experience the sharp glances or the the stares or the comments from the other women. She would wait until it was uncomfortable in the day at noon. When the sun was at its height, she would wait until then to go and to bring her water jug while she was empty, thirsty, and hot in that time. And she would go every day so that she wouldn't have to deal with the negativity or the comments or, or what people might think about her. And so as she was doing her regular routine on on this particular day, she was making her way up the hill to the well, and she had left the city just like she did so many other days before, and this time she noticed there was a man sitting there by the well. And she noticed by his garments, by his hair, the way he looked, that this wasn't a Samaritan man. This, this was a Jewish rabbi. And going through her mind, she, she had experienced Jews before. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. The Samaritans were a group of people who they were conquered and carried away by um, the Amalekites back in history and, and they ended up bringing in other people that weren't indigenous to that area. And so what ended up happening is the Israelites thought of the Samaritans as, as half-breeds, as outcasts, and they wouldn't let them in the temple. And so the Samaritans, they, they built their own temple of worship. They built their own place that they they called was, was their temple mount, and they would, they would go to that place of worship. And so there was this rift between the Samaritans and the Jews. There was this divide between them, and, and they had no dealings one with another. And so as the woman approached this strange man sitting by the well, she just figured he would respond to her like any other Jewish man would, and he wouldn't talk to her. He wouldn't make eye contact. In fact, he'd most likely look the other way as she was coming. How many of you are glad tonight that Jesus doesn't look the other way when we're coming? Jesus doesn't turn aside as, as we come to approach him with our need, with our emptiness and our brokenness. But Jesus addresses us, and he addresses the woman. And he says, give me a drink. Everything about that conversation shouldn't have happened. For one, she was a Samaritan, he was a Jew. For two, he was a rabbi, and she was a female. And Men and women didn't talk much, even in, in marriage, let alone in a public space. And so they had something that should have never happened culturally and socially at the time. They had a conversation. And Jesus asks her a very simple question, can I have a drink? And just in case she thinks that he may have been crazy from heat exhaustion or, or maybe just from, from being so thirsty, he didn't realize his surroundings. She tries to remind him, sir, what business do you have asking me a Samaritan woman, something to drink, you being a Jew. She reminds them of, of the circumstances that they're in. And Jesus, being fully aware of himself and fully aware that he asked the question, he wasn't just asking for a, a drink of water. Jesus was asking her about her need. Because what he's able to do is he went and got on the same level as she was because they both had a need that day for something to drink. But then he identified something else in her that she may not have realized or wanted to talk about that day, and that was the fact that she did not only have a physical thirst that drew her to that well, but she had 
a spiritual thirst for something that, that was on the inside of her that nothing could satisfy and that she went to that same well every day and she was able to draw water and, and drink some for that day and, and it helped for that moment. But then she'd come back the next day just as empty, just as dry and just as broken. I'm thankful today that Jesus, he's able to enter into our situations and meet us in a common place. And he's able to meet us in our routine and in the mundane. And he's able to meet us in a place that we wouldn't expect to find Jesus. But I believe that Jesus went to that well that day because he was expecting to find that woman. The conversation continues. Jesus lets her know that if she really knew what he had to offer, that she would be asking him for a drink and not the other way around. And so she goes to ask him what kind of thing he had to offer. She was a woman who had been through five husbands. She didn't want to take what he had to say at face value. She didn't want to take what he had just, just off the cuff, but she, she was skeptical of this man who had opened up a conversation with her. And so she said, where do you even get this living water? You don't have a pail. You don't have a rope to bring it up, and the well is deep. But deeper than that well was the love of God in that moment who, who sent his only son to the world, not to condemn the world, but that Jesus had, I guess, every right to condemn this woman. She was a Samaritan. She was a sinner. She was a female who, who did not have a husband at that time. Yet, in every right that Jesus had, he chose not to condemn that woman. But he came to have a conversation with her because he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And so... They continue to, to talk, and he talks about this amazing living water that, that is able to cause eternal life to take place in someone's life. And eventually she comes to the question, I want some of this water. Give me some of this water to drink. And then he tells her to go get her husband and come, and they both may receive of it. And at that time, she isn't ready to go tell everybody of, of what she's just found because Jesus ended up hitting a nerve with her because she didn't have a husband. And so in an attempt to, to hide her shame and hide the thing that she'd been trying to keep a, a secret from everyone, she's faced with the truth. She said, I, I don't have a husband. And Jesus prophetically calls her out on it and says, you're, you're right, you don't have a husband. You've had five and the one that you have now isn't your husband. And then she says, well... Sir, I perceive you're a prophet because I only just met you. There's no possible way you could have known my situation. And, and then she changes the subject very quickly. And she ends up talking about the religious differences between the Samaritans and the Jews. And, and Jesus ends up telling her, look, the Father's heart isn't for you to, to worship on a mountain or, or in a temple. But the Father's heart is to worship in the hearts of men. Because scripture tells us that we are the temple of the Lord. That God didn't desire just to, to inhabit buildings or inhabit places, but God desired to live in men's hearts. That we are being built together uh, by God into a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And that living water was supposed to inhabit us, His people. And so this woman, she's like, I don't, you know, everything that you're saying, everything that I'm, I'm listening to, it sounds too good to be true. She said, only the Messiah... When he's supposed to lead us into all truth. He's supposed to tell us the right way we're supposed to go. And Jesus plainly tells this lone woman at the well, I am he. And that concludes their conversation. That was, that was the end of it. That was the end. The disciples come up. They see Jesus talking with the Samaritan woman. They're like, I don't know what's going on, but we're not going to ask any questions. And it was at that moment that the woman 
left her water pot with Jesus at the well, and she went back to the city to tell everyone about the experience and the conversation she had. So many of us carry our bucket, our water pot, with us. We try to fill it with temporary things. We try to fill it with temporary pleasures or sin that may satisfy for a moment, but then once it's done, the pleasure is done with it as well. She came and left the water pot, but she also left who she was that day with Jesus. She left behind that woman who was a social outcast. She left behind the woman who was dealing with shame every day. She left behind the woman who always came to that well thirsty. She left behind the woman who was day in and day out searching for something more and didn't have any hope. And she also left the bucket behind to let them know that she was coming back with other people to hear the story. And so what she's left with was the bucket with Jesus, but she left with living water that day, having tasted and seen something so much greater than anything she'd ever experienced. And today, we carry buckets. And if we're saved, if we know the Lord, then our bucket may not be filled with sin because Jesus is able to to clean our sin, remove it as far as the east is from the west and, and fill us with his living water just as he did with this woman. But we carry buckets of burden. We carry buckets of financial burden, physical burden, emotional burden, and we carry some heavy burdens with us, even as as believers in Jesus. And over time, things get heavy, we get tired, but the Word of God tells us to cast our burdens upon Him because He cares for us. And I want to tell you today, church, that you may be carrying a, a water jug that in itself may be empty, but just the weight of it itself may be unbearable for you, but you can leave your water jug, you can leave your burden with Jesus tonight, and and you can find rest in him. I believe that God wants to bring refreshing to his people, because the living water he was talking about wasn't just for salvation, but in John 7, 37, we see him stand up and he shouts, he who is thirsty, come to me and I will give him living waters. The living waters doesn't just mean salvation, but it means the infilling of the Holy Spirit that comes in the book of Acts. And so God is willing to take our emptiness and take our brokenness. If we'll leave it with him, he can fill us up to overflow. He can take us from a place of emptiness to a place of overflow. 